from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We hope this finds you well wherever you may find us, uh, hopefully uh, in a quiet place as we get set to bring you our second show of the week. Congratulations. We're a day closer to hump day. And we only bring that up because I'm sure tomorrow the Geico Cam will be back on the show when John DeShazer rejoins us as we get toward Wednesday. Nonetheless, it is Tuesday. Uh, fired up, ready to go. Saints back on the practice field today, 250 to 450 on Airline Drive. We'll, of course, uh, be there for you and uh, bring you something about practice and perhaps another player interview for tomorrow's show. So we're looking forward to that here in this kind of weird week, the Sunday afternoon game against the Texans and then Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so we'll, uh, this will be our one crack to get with the uh, Saints today at their travel tomorrow, and we'll effort to make the most of it for you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Uh, Sean Kelly with you today. Daniel Salerson, producer Dan, is here with us as well. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. And you. And uh, we're ready to go. I'm a little down, uh, producer Dan, uh, and I know you don't have your microphone on, but I'm a little down about yesterday's show. So um, it just didn't. It just wasn't what we've been doing on the Black and Blue Report. So uh, I'm efforting today to have a better show for you all. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to kind of... Uh, uh, widen the nozzle. There's a firefighter reference. Widen the nozzle. Get a nice fog pattern on the uh, show today for you. Uh, we're going to talk Major League Baseball today uh, because there's a lot of cool stuff going on with uh, baseball as it turns towards September. And I'm not going to talk about A-Rod or the PEDs or anything else like that. I want to get away from that and just kind of focus in on really some quality baseball being played right now. There's so many teams still in the hunt for the postseason. And I know that New Orleans is not a Major League Baseball market, but I just know too many of you out there are Major League Baseball fans or fans of baseball in general. So it's uh, it's hard for me not to uh, have a little baseball on the show from time to time. And we're going to lean on a guy who uh, spent many years here, Derek Gould, who a former writer with the Times-Picayune, uh, now with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He covers Major League Baseball. And we're going to bring him into the Black and Blue Report for the first time today and kind of take his pulse, or take, not his pulse, get him to take the pulse on baseball for us as we turn toward Labor Day weekend and the month of September. LSU, college football gets started. The college football season starts Thursday night. Tulane's a part of that opening night package. Uh, we checked in about Tulane last week. We'll probably hear from them maybe later this week. Um, but certainly we haven't talked a whole lot of LSU football, and we want to do that today as they are set to open their season on Saturday night, late kickoff after 8 o'clock in Dallas. They take on the Horn Frogs of TCU and Les East. Uh, from the advocate is going to stop by today and get us set for LSU football this weekend. Uh, college football is here finally, and uh, by the way, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with Texas A&M this week. Yesterday, uh, the NCAA met with uh, A&M and Johnny Manziel for like six hours. Um, and from what I'm hearing from A&M's uh, practice field is that Manziel is taking reps as if he's going to start uh, this weekend for the Aggies. So. 
Boy, talk about playing with fire, Scarecrow. We'll see what A&M does. We'll see if uh, if they get any speed to that uh, situation, which I would say probably is not going to be the case since the NC2A is involved. But uh, A&M opening up this weekend, so maybe we'll hear more about the uh, Johnny Manziel situation. But certainly uh, all the other teams that are out there, there are some attractive games this weekend. Even, even when you look at, I think Oregon opens against Nichols State this weekend. Uh, Oregon is in that conversation for a possible national championship uh, contender role, but uh, we'll ignore them this weekend. No slight to the Colonels, trust me on this one. Um, but this just it just oh, but just chaps my you know what um, when I see teams like Oregon, that caliber of team, open against Nichols State. Um, nonetheless, I, I'm getting off track. Less East from the Advocate talk LSU football, and then. We'll go down to Miami as the Saints prepare for the Dolphins on Thursday. Dolphins obviously preparing for their final preseason game and the New Orleans Saints. And Jesse Auger uh, from Dolphins.com will be our guest uh, in the uh, fourth segment of today's show. So a full docket for you uh, today. We're efforting to make this show better than the one prior, just because that's the way you're supposed to do it, but certainly because I'm still mad about yesterday's black and blue report but hope uh, this finds you well we'll get started with Derek Gould here in just a moment a reminder to uh, follow the show on Twitter at black blue reports or you can follow me personally at Sean Kelly live that's at Sean Kelly live on Twitter and uh, we uh, always welcome your feedback your comments we are particularly interested to know whether or not the uh, the new uh, 12 o'clock start time this week is uh, serving you well for the black and blue report and uh, any input you want to give us on guests for the show, or if you can just let us know how you're getting the show, since we're all over the place now with uh, you know, the ability to get it on your desktop, NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, uh, on the new Saints app, or on iTunes. So we're trying to get a, a feel for where most people are using the show. And so if you want to email or tweet us uh, where you're getting the show, that would be greatly appreciated. And if email is your choice, that address is radio. R-A-D-I-O, radio at pelicans.com. Derek Gould, Major League Baseball, LSU, Dolphins and Saints. All that comes your way right after this quick timeout. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region? including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. 
The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As you know, we focus uh, primarily on the Saints and the Pelicans. College football, too. We're going to talk LSU today, but it's hard to ignore what's going on in baseball right now as we start to kind of turn the page towards September, get toward the stretch run, and make our way through maybe a little bit of clutter, but there sure seems to be a lot of really good stuff going on with baseball right now. And as we uh, do that, we bring in a, a new contributor here to the Black and Blue Report. It's Derek Gould. He's the baseball writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, not only covering the St. Louis Cardinals, but Major League Baseball in general. Uh, good morning, Derek. We hope this finds you well in St. Louis today. Yeah, good morning. I hope everything is well in New Orleans, but but I know better. I know it's always well in New Orleans. Our, our listeners should know that Derek, and, and maybe a lot will remember his name, uh, Derek spent many years here uh, back at the, I guess we could say the turn of the century now, Derek, uh, working for the Times-Picayune. Um, do you still have a favorite place in New Orleans that you at least try and get back to semi-regularly? I have many favorite places. Um I mean, I, I lived off Magazine Street, and uh, I got engaged to my wife off of Magazine Street. So I, I tend to wander Magazine Street, and you know, what you get lunch at Juan's Flying Burrito, or you know, coffee at any of the uh, community coffee places. Um, I try not to. Uh, I have a, I have a young son who, uh, for his birthday once, requested a trip to New Orleans, and has been talking about the beignets ever since. So. Uh, we we have uh, we have many places that we have to stop when we go down. All right, well you're in then. You're a member of the family. Once, as they would say, once yeah. a New Orleanian, always a New Orleanian. So that's right, uh, Derek. Let's get past the uh, the A Rod nonsense and the PED conversation because frankly, I'm tired of it. Uh, if you mm-hmm. take away that clutter, it sure seems like there are a lot of things going right, or at least worth watching right now in Major League Baseball. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, you kind of have a generational thing going on here. You're right, the, the guys in the twilight of their career, um, some of the stars like A-Rod, um, you know, with whatever's going on with him, but even like Jeter, uh, three times on the DL this year. Uh, you have the Ichiro Suzuki stuff with his 4,000th career hit. Uh, and then some other, some other guys just kind of in the twilight of their career um, that are getting some attention. Um, but really, the game is is a young man's game right now. I mean, you have some of the most dynamic uh, all around talents that we've seen. Another old guy I, I should mention that is in the twilight is is on the DL is Albert Pujols. I mean, you, you just kind of see that generation starting to fade. And on his own team, you have Mike Trout on the rise, who is you know had arguably the best rookie season anybody'd ever seen last year, and is in a lot of ways improving upon it this year. He's he's a tremendous player. Um you have Matt Harvey who obviously in New York had that injury yesterday, um, or they found an injury in his elbow yesterday. There's a lot of concern about him, but he's a dynamic young pitcher. Max Scherzer, who is nineteen and one for the Tigers, uh, a rising star, um, who is kind of a blend of power and stuff and Acumen, he uh, he he's fascinating to talk to, um, and, and enjoyable to talk to, and he also has a really 
savvy understanding of the new wave of stats of sabermetrics. Um, then you have Andrew McCutcheon leading the revival in Pittsburgh. He's one of the game's true five-tool players. There aren't very many of them, um, but a young center fielder there who is about to has the potential to lead the Pirates out of two decades of losing and into October. So um, it's it's a young man's game. It's an electrifying game right now, and there are some markets, mainly Pittsburgh, which has a beautiful ballpark, just an absolutely beautiful ballpark, that is uh, they're starting to have a team that is worthy of that ballpark. And you see flashes of this all over. You know, and you can go to Tampa. Um, and where Will Myers, uh, a young, another young standout player, is uh, excelling, and and Tampa, a small market team, the little engine that could every season, uh, making quite a race of the AL East. Derek Gold with us here on the uh, Black and Blue Report. Derek, a couple of years ago, the Cardinals had kind of that miraculous run uh, late August uh, through September. Uh, yep. and, and since then, we haven't really seen that. Is there somebody that can have a miraculous or magical September? Because it sure seems like there's a lot of teams that are still, well, very much in the mix. Yeah, I, you know, we may, I, I hesitate to say, to, to put any kind of anything definitive on it, but that 2011 was the last year where there wasn't a second wild card. And, you know, it, it, it did heighten, obviously the Cardinals, I mean, they were 10 and a half back at one point and they, they went on a run that we hadn't really seen. Um, well, actually two teams did it that season. I guess that that's probably forgotten is that, you know, the Rays also did the same thing at the same time. Um, you know, but that was, those were runs that you kind of, you hadn't seen, um, in, you know, since the sixties, I guess you'd have to say since the Cardinals pulled the feet against the Phillies. So, um, it's pretty rare and, into that mix now is really just, I mean, baseball has changed its postseason calculus by adding this second wild card. You know, the Cardinals last season don't get into October without the second wild card, and they grab that, beat Atlanta in the one-game play-in, and off they go to, uh, you know, one within one win of the World Series again. So um, that second wild card has changed the dynamics a little bit so that, you know, these teams aren't out of it. You know, Arizona, nine and a half out of the, uh, the division there with Los Angeles having just a tremendous. Um, there's another young player, you still Puig, um, you know, having a tremendous run there for the Dodgers. Uh, Arizona nine and a half out. I mean, that, that's the type of team that if they got the pitching and got the hitting and Adam Eaton carries them, you know, they they could take a run, but they don't need to, you know, to 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 clear up those nine and a half games. They don't have to climb over that. They can get back into the second wild card if the Reds or the Pirates or the Cardinals fade. So it, it's offered this alternate route into the postseason, and it and it's changed the look of those September runs that the teams have. And it's also changed the look of the trade deadline. It was a rather dull trade deadline, mainly because so many teams were still active, still alive in the standings. Everybody loves the Dodgers right now. I get it. Yeah. Atlanta's so comfortably out in front in the NL East. Um, but if you had to say here five weeks to go, Derek, who wins the pennant on each side? Who are you picking? Um, I, you know, I think you got to – I mean, I like the Dodgers because they got a guy named Clayton Kershaw who is going to pitch twice, at least twice, in every series, and that's pretty much two wins. Um, you know, they they like the other teams. Uh, and they need they, – they still kind of searching for the consistency from the second starters, but the Dodgers have, have – the better chance at that than any of these other guys going right now. Atlanta, 
Um, you know, they're frayed by injuries. Uh, the loss of Jason Hayward, the leadoff hitter, that's that's really hurt them. Uh, the Cardinals, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati—they're all they're all titans when everything's going well. The, the Cardinals may be the best of the group when everything is going right, um, but you know they have. I think the the first, I mean they have Achilles' heels. You know the Cardinals haven't gotten enough innings out of their starters here recently in a playoff series that could doom them unless they pull off what they did in 2011, which was getting more inning from the relievers there in the NLCS than they did the starters. But that's that's a rarity. That's not really the way to go. And um, Pittsburgh is still going to be kind of searching for that uh, that experience and that pitching that they have Liriano, but uh, after him, they and A.J. Burnett could maybe give them a, that shutdown outing. But in a series, you just have to look at uh, at the Dodgers having the edge right now. And over in the, over in the American League, I, I uh, you know, Detroit – is the most complete team with Verlander, though he's having a down year. Scherzer has tandem aces. They're just tremendous. And then they have the best hitter in the galaxy in Miguel Cabrera, who is improving upon a triple crown year um, this season and, and could win a second triple crown in a row. Just an uncanny season. Uh, I think you look at D- Detroit as having a real well-rounded team that in a short series could give you trouble and never dismiss Tampa with the pitching they have, um, the manager they have, the pitching coach and Hickey that they have. Um, they, that's a team that uh, they they can neutralize a great lineup with their approach um, and with their talent and the pitching staff. And come October, uh, you can really see that tilt the balance of a, of a five-game or seven-game series, and, and the Rays have that ability. Derek Gould, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Good stuff, Derek. I, you know, I I know you'll get back to New Orleans as soon as you can, but we hope that you'll at least get back to the show even before that. <laughs> All right, yeah, thanks, thanks for the invitation. It's always good to hear from folks down there. Absolutely. Derek Gould, everybody. He's from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, not only covering the St. Louis Cardinals, but Major League Baseball. All together, we'll check in with him as we get closer to the hunt for October. Stay tuned. We're going to talk LSU football here in just a moment. Les East will join us, and we'll continue after these messages on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. 
This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. We're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to the show. Sean Kelly with you here on the Black and Blue Report. I'm going to uh, touch on the uh, Will Smith uh, situation and uh, cut day with the Saints as we go along through the show. But first, we want to uh, turn our attention to college football a little bit. And uh, for the first time, we welcome in Les East of the Advocate, who is uh, dutifully covering those Tigers up in Baton Rouge as they get ready for their new season and a game this week and a pretty big game. Les, good morning. How are you? doing well sean how are you we're doing great how are things up the river there uh warm like they are in new orleans but uh it's a beautiful day and uh tigers are getting close to starting the season and classes started monday so the whole town's kind of got a buzz about it right now i think to me you know and i worked in college football for a long time to me being in a college town although baton rouge is a little bigger than your average college town but being in town at the start of a semester, especially the fall with football and all that, I, 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 I try to find a better place to be sports-wise, and I, I generally don't find a better spot. Yeah, it's really a great atmosphere. Uh, you, you can even feel it in the, the days last week building up to the first day of classes with all the students returning and getting moved in. And now uh, they're in class. Uh, campus is full of people. And the anticipation of the opener uh, has really gotten everybody excited. It's even though it's uh, still pretty hot out there, it, it, fall has arrived, and everybody's pretty excited about it. The coverage of the Tigers that we get from Les East and the Advocate is unmatched. So we're going right to you, Les. Uh, I need to know what is first and foremost about the Tigers as they get set to open up. Well, I, I think there are two things everybody's going to be, be looking for on Saturday night that they've been talking about all off season, and that is, number one, the new offense with Cam Cameron uh, being the coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Is it going to be significantly different than the offense they've run in the past? I, I don't think it's going to look tremendously different, but I think there's a good chance it will be more uh, efficient and less predictable and then the other thing everybody's curious to see about is how the defense responds uh, with eight new starters compared to last year. There's an awful lot of talent on their defense. Uh, John Chavis, defensive coordinator, has an outstanding uh, track record, but they're counting on a lot of players who have not had prominent roles in the past. So uh, what we're uh, eager to see whether – uh, these young players respond to the challenge, and uh, we're also looking to see how Zach Mecklenburger operates that uh, that new offense. It, it'll be interesting to see how fans treat this fall, whether they want to say it's a down year for LSU or a, a step sideways for LSU. But my goodness, it, I guess they've been, what, 12 or 13 right around there for the preseason rankings, if you kind of look at the different polls. Um yeah. Uh, is is that fair for them? Are they a team that's going to have a nice season but not win a, a conference or a division championship? Or is, is LSU a team that is just sitting in the right spot here and will be in the national championship picture later on? 
Well, I, I think they could be in, in the national championship picture, and, and a lot of it's going to depend on those young defensive players uh, I talked about. So I think 12 and 13 is a reasonable place to put them because it puts them close enough where if they get hot, they, they, they can be in the mix nationally, but it also uh, demonstrates the uncertainty surrounding this team. And another thing that, that makes it, it hard to, to put them in the upper echelon uh, of the country is the fact that, at least on paper, they have an extremely difficult schedule, opening with uh, the 20th-ranked team in the country, TCU, as a non-conference foe, and then playing four SEC teams that are preseason top ten. At the same time, Alabama and Texas A&M, presumably their biggest competition in the SEC West, uh, seem to have significantly easier schedules. So there, there's a lot of uncertainty around this team, which is why they're 12th and 13th. But there is also the potential uh, that they could play themselves into the national mix. Les East with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Les, maybe it is the opener against TCU. But if it isn't that game, is there one in the first month that – maybe I'm being overly dramatic here, makes or breaks their season. What I mean by is, is there a game that they win early that launches them forward, or is there a game early that if they lose it, it's, it's, uh, it's done with regard to high aspirations? Yeah, I think the game you have to look at is September 28th at Georgia. Georgia's a preseason top five team, definitely a national championship contender. They have to go on the road. That that's their biggest test uh, after TCU. The schedule gets a little bit lighter over the next three weeks before they go there. It's Zach Mettenberger's homecoming in Georgia. Uh, of course, he, he's from there. He enrolled there and got kicked off the team when he ran into some legal troubles. That's going to be a huge storyline that week. So, if they go in there and are able to beat Georgia, especially if Zach plays well, that launches them. Uh, to maybe run the table until they have to uh, go to Alabama in early November. And on the other hand, if they lose that game, and especially if Zach has a rough day, there could be lingering effects on the team, and there could be lingering effects to Zach's psyche moving forward. So the potential swing, positively or negatively, in how that game goes at Georgia, I think is huge and will have uh, tremendous implications for the rest of the season. Last question, East. Let's focus in on this weekend. TCU, it'll be a late kickoff on Saturday. In your eyes, what is the number one key if LSU wants to knock down TCU? I think it's just for them to play defense the way we're accustomed to them playing defense, which would probably mean that they would win the turnover battle. It would probably mean that uh, TCU would have to throw mostly when LSU knows they're going to throw and not be able to keep them off balance, regardless of which quarterback they, they go with the most. It looks, you know, they have two candidates to play in the game. So if the defense can uh, set the tone the way it has uh, most of the time under uh, John Chavis, then it makes things so much easier for the offense and Zach Mettenberger. So I think if, if this young defense goes out there, and plays the way uh, we've seen LSU play defense for most of the last few seasons. I think that sets up everything else uh, for LSU to have success. Les East from The Advocate covering the Tigers and joining us today on the Black and Blue Report. Les, as we say at the start of every season, Happy New Year, sir. Thanks, Sean. Same to you. Thank you. Thank you again to Les East. Uh, When we come back, Saints and Dolphins, we'll check in with Jesse Agler from Dolphins.com right after these messages on the Black and Blue Report.
What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice? Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. The second annual Saints Back to Football Run presented by Chevron will be held on Saturday, August 31st. The 5K race benefiting Team Gleason, the One Fund Boston, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation will include an NFL Play 61-mile fun run for kids. Participants of all abilities will have the opportunity to race through the streets of downtown New Orleans towards the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Gumbo and Sir Saint, along with the Saint Stations, will be on hand to cheer on participants, and a post-race party with live entertainment and a beer garden will take place in Champion Square. All participants will receive a Saints Back to Football Run shirt, a commemorative finisher's medal, and an NFL-approved bag. Registration is now open at nflrunseries.com slash saints. All right, coming up, of course, in our last segment, I do want to touch on the uh, Will Smith situation, the, uh, the trade uh, story that's out there, and we'll kind of and knock that around a little bit uh, in our last segment. But before we uh, move toward that, we want to talk uh, a little bit more specifically about Thursday night's preseason game, Saints and Dolphins uh, from Sun Life Stadium in uh, Miami, Florida. And with that, we welcome to the Black and Blue Report, Jesse Agler from Dolphins.com, who does a very similar but uh, much, uh, <laughs> a much more involved uh, program for Dolphins fans in the uh, South Florida area. But he joins us here today on the Black and Blue Report. Jesse, uh, good to talk to you. I'm sure this will be the first of maybe a couple of conversations between us because not only are the Saints and Dolphins playing on Thursday night in the preseason, we'll get to see you all again soon enough in the regular season too. Yeah, just about a month from now. And uh, that conversation, I imagine, will be a little bit more in-depth and detailed than this one because I don't know who we're going to see on Thursday night, but i got a pretty good uh, idea of who we're going to see at the Superdome a month from now. Uh, it's, it's definitely interesting having you know these common opponents in the preseason and the regular season. I remember a couple of years ago, all four of the Dolphins' preseason opponents were regular season opponents. And it just seems awkward. And especially last week, Miami had the dress rehearsal game against Tampa Bay, and they'll see them also on a Monday night. Like, they'll see the Saints. Um, though it's a little bit later on in the season. So you always kind of wonder, and the coaches, of course, aren't going to tip their hands, but you always kind of wonder just how much they're holding back in the preseason games, especially the third game, which is the most realistic one, you know, when it comes to having to see these teams again in the regular season. But this one, I don't think that's as, as much of an issue this week. I don't expect to see much from the, uh, the key players. Well, if the key players aren't going to be involved, understandably so, and if the two head coaches are going to hold back a bit, understandably because they're going to play again during the regular season, then help me understand what we're going to glean from Thursday night's preseason game from both sides. 
I think the main thing you're going to be able to glean from this are, you know, who's going to be the last six, seven, eight guys on the roster. And, and for your casual, normal NFL fan who likes to watch the games on Sunday and open up a beer and just relax and watch the game, that's not going to be very interesting to them. But to all the hardcore wackos like, like me and, and like probably the people downloading the Black and Blue <laughs> yes. podcast in New Orleans, that's, that's exciting and that's fun because here we go. We've been watching all of these guys, you know, going back to mini camps and the OTAs in April and May and June and now all through training camp and the preseason. And you've learned about these guys. You've gotten to know these guys. You know, a couple of them might have made a play or two in the preseason games that you go, man, I, I, I like that guy. He, he's shown me something. There's no minor leagues, as we know, in the National Football. You don't get to send anybody down to AAA and, uh, you know, go play the Zephyr, go play for the Zephyrs or anything like that. I mean, this is it. And, and sure, there's a practice squad, but that's no guarantee of anything. And so that's why I kind of like this time of year. You're really going to get a good look at those guys. The coaches are going to get a good look at those guys. And we're going to get that kind of one final opportunity to see a bunch of guys, you know, make a push to keep their NFL dreams alive. Jesse Eckler from Dolphins.com, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Jesse, uh, what have been the, the major storylines through camp here for the Dolphins, and, uh, and which of those still need to be perhaps buttoned up on Thursday night, aside from, as you mentioned, those, those bubble roster guys? I think at the beginning of training camp, there was a lot of talk about the new wide receivers getting settled in with Ryan Tannehill. You know, Wallace and, and Brandon Gibson, you know, two guys that they brought in and got off to slow starts, both in practice during training camp and the first couple games in the preseason. That seems to have been taken care of now, which is nice because I don't want to have to talk about that anymore. But in the Houston game two weeks ago and against Tampa Bay the other night, um, those guys kind of, okay, they look like they're on the same page with Ryan Tannehill and you're not too worried about it anymore. Uh, the offensive line, I think like most teams in the NFL has, you know, a question mark here or there. I don't know that we're necessarily going to get any answers about that in this game. Um, but those are kind of the two main big picture storylines that we've been talking about, you know, throughout the preseason. And of course, a couple of weeks ago, a big news storyline popped up and it's one that's also not anywhere close to being resolved, and that's what they're going to do at tight end with the injury to Dustin Keller. Um, I, I really believe he was going to be a big, big part of this offense, a huge part of this offense, and he suffered that you know really ugly knee injury in Houston a couple of weeks ago. And so Saturday night against the Bucks was the first opportunity you know to kind of see life AD after Dustin, as somebody wrote here in town. And the there are other tight ends, the young guys on this roster, they didn't step up the other night. Now, does that mean they're not going to be able to ever again? No, of course not. You know, but it wasn't the most encouraging start to life after Keller for this 2013 Dolphin team. And uh, those guys are going to be out there on on Thursday night against the Saints. So it'll be very interesting to see if you know maybe they can just make a play, make two plays, just something to make you feel a little bit more encouraged about the tight end position going into the regular season. Mm, good stuff. Hey, as you know, the uh, Pelicans here, the NBA team, is going through a brand change, new logo, colors, and all that. How's the, uh, how's the new uh, logo thing going in Miami with the Dolphins? A little bit of a different situation, obviously, because they didn't change the team name. I love Pelicans, by the way. From the, the first day that that kind of leaked out or got announced or whatever, I loved it. I'm a big uniform branding geek. I'm one of those guys, and I, I love the Pelicans name, so I'm, I'm very excited about that down there. I'm a big fan of that city. You know, I've been a few times uh, for work and for play, and I think it's a, a great name, so I'm pumped up about that just from a personal geeky standpoint, but... You know, whenever you change a logo, it's it's going to ruffle feathers. I think the thing I learned, and I probably knew this beforehand, was that people, generally speaking, 
are afraid of change. <laughs> and, and so when something changes, colors, logos, names, whatever it is, you know, there's a segment of the population. They just don't want it to change. They want it to be the way it, it, it's been. And so there was some of that at the beginning. Um, that said, I think people have really come around on it. And that's something else I learned, you know, through this process was when it was, uh, you know, released in April and we saw the logo and the uniform all together for the first time in April, I don't know, maybe it was 50-50, you know, people were split on it. I, I think by now, you know, at least 80% of the people, if not more, are they're okay with it. You know, they, they've moved on. They realize, hey, change has happened. I might as well get used to it because it, it's not going to go back to the way it was. I like the look personally. I think it's sleeker. I think it's a little bit more modern. And uh, you certainly hope that the team looks a little bit more modern on the field, too, as far as, you know, the way they're, they're trying to score points, maybe do something the way the Saints have been doing the last few years. Yeah, I find that the logo means very little when you actually win games. So I, exactly. we'll see how that goes. Uh, on a more serious note, uh, Hollywood Beach area, I think, is where the Saints are staying uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so give me one place I need to go eat. Uh, Hollywood Beach area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you got a lot of really good places right there. You're going to be able to walk into uh, any number of places and uh, and and find some good good locations. There's a little sports bar next to the Diplomat Hotel. I forget the name at the moment, but it's really good. Um, for a sports bar, like the food is really, really outstanding, and that's probably walking distance from where you are. So that would be uh, it's right on the intercoastal, right on the waterway. You get to see the boats go by and that kind of stuff. So that would be the quick off-the-top-of-my-head recommendation for food. Good stuff. Of course, the New Orleanian would have to ask about the food part of the trip. So, that, you know, that's, that's <laughs> it's, it's, it Hey, New Orleans, to yeah. me, best food city in America, no doubt about uh, that. You're scoring points here with our listeners, that's for sure. <laughs> Jesse Agler, everybody, from Dolphins.com. I have a feeling we'll hear from Jesse again next month for sure. Appreciate it. We'll see you on Thursday, Jesse. My pleasure. Look forward to it. Jesse Agler of Dolphins.com and we'll wrap up this the, this edition of the Black and Blue Report right after these messages. Somewhere in a town like the one you're in, there is a person like you headed to a store to buy Bud Light. However, these Bud Lights give you a chance to win prizes that are best described as music firsts, like Monster DNA headphones, access to tracks and merchandise from today's hottest artists, and even tickets to one of Bud Light Music First's history-making 5051 concerts on August 1st. But before people like you can win, they need to head to a place where Bud Light is sold. It's finally here, Bud Light Music First. Enter the code inside specially marked packages of Bud Light for your chance to win one of over 500,000 music prizes all summer long. Visit BudLight.com slash Music First for rules and more information. Bud Light Music First. It's the sound of history being made. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 21 and over. Ends 8-15-13. Play without purchase. Mail your name, email address, and age to Music First Game. P.O. Box 753-726, El Paso, Texas, 88575. Void where prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. 
Join the conversation today. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Good guest today, Jesse Agler from Dolphins.com. Les East uh, talked LSU football with us as uh, as I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, Derek Gould, we touched on baseball today as well. Um, before we get out of here, and I, and I told you earlier in the program that we would we would at least bring this up. Uh, there are two stories. Um, of significance regarding the Saints that are that are out there and have been out there since yesterday midday or so, but um, there's a number of things going on that uh, just haven't been confirmed yet. Of course, first there was the story about Will Smith and um, and and a knee injury that has him possibly out for the entire season. Nothing from the Saints on that yet. Um, perhaps um, you may be listening to this program after uh, it's addressed by the Saints if they do address it today. So we'll see. But I, you know, I'm bringing it up because it is out there, just and we're hoping to to learn more about it. It just doesn't isn't there yet for us to really flesh out on today's uh, black and blue report. The other one is a, a story out of San Francisco that the uh, Saints and the 49ers have pulled off a trade. Uh, the Saints would get uh, linebacker Paris Harrelson um, to come to New Orleans, and and I don't even know. It really hasn't been reported on what San Francisco gets out of the deal, but um, this is, again, one of those stories where the Saints have yet to confirm this, um, and there's a lot of moving parts. I get why I get why there would be some frustration maybe on your part in listening to this program or waiting to hear from the football team saying, hey, look, it's out there. Why aren't we talking about this? Or uh, surely the team would have something to say by now, but the bottom line is it's it's hard to say you know, whether or not this is even a done deal yet. You've got a player physical that needs to be conducted, the, the paperwork that needs to go through the league, the paperwork that needs to go through the parties of the players involved. All those moving parts I don't think have been solidified yet, and so therefore we haven't heard anything from the Saints, and therefore I don't have much more to say on this program about it. But those stories are out there, uh, the Will Smith injury story and then the Paris uh, Harrelson trade story. So stay tuned as those things do get uh, released by the team if they do. Um, and we'll know more details perhaps later today. You can always at any time, 24-7, check in on NewOrleansSaints.com. Today is also a cut day uh, in the NFL. The rosters need to be uh, pared down a little bit more. The big cut doesn't happen until this weekend, but uh, I would think that we'll hear officially from the Saints about the moves they make on that front later on today. So, again, this uh, taping of the Black and Blue Report uh, comes much sooner than that announcement. So check back with NewOrleansSaints.com if you haven't already done so, as I know many of you probably will as the day goes along. So that's that's kind of on the table. I didn't want to get the show done today without bringing those things up and kind of working uh, working through it with you a little bit. But uh, certainly, uh, like, like you, I will be uh, checking in frequently to NewOrleansSaints.com for uh, those those matters as we go through the next uh, cycle, the next 24 hours until the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, which will be up online for you tomorrow at noon. We have a good show planned for you tomorrow. I think we're going to announce, uh, much like today, also talk to college football. And then, of course, we'll hear about uh, Saints practice uh, from Tuesday today and uh, perhaps uh, sit down at in-depth with uh, a member of the uh, Saints roster as well for tomorrow's program and continue to look ahead to Thursday night's preseason game against the Dolphins. There you go. Our thanks to producer Dan, all of our guests today, and thanks to you for tuning in once more to the Black and Blue Report. Check back with you tomorrow. Don't forget, noon is the launch time each day 
for this podcast. For all involved, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.